Welcome to Grace in Public, preaching and teaching in the heartland and all around the world. And now we'll go straight to our main message. There's a tremendous thing that God's people have got to understand in order to experience the provision of God's power to preserve them in these days with demon activity, which is concentrating in cities, most certainly, with demon power, which is organized from a confederated host in Matthew 12:24, and even as was true in Persia in the book of Daniel, a certain demon and the host was in charge of trying to defeat and stop the spiritual activity of Persia. And you will discover that every city and every community has many, many demons assigned to work. You can mark it down. It's gospel truth. It's truth pertaining to God's word. And therefore, when these demons get active, and even if you're a Christian and begin to influence you and deceive you, then you get honorary. As beautiful and precious as the Spirit is moving, I'll guarantee you that, that somewhere today people got in the flesh here all day, see? Part of it, sure, can be the flesh, but this also can be, even as God assigns angels to those that fear him in Psalm 34, 7, Hebrews 1, 14, even so, demons many times are assigned to attack. And you get fighting in the flesh and getting involved in things when you don't even recognize that it's atmospheric and environmental through the demon powers. And one of the things that the demons constantly do is they make sure that you don't make, and listen to this carefully, God's love the issue. Let me repeat this again. They make sure that we don't Make God's love the issue. The first time you get off, it's because you do not make God's love the issue. Now, this is what happens. Watch it. Don't think for a moment that you and I have ever loved God one moment because we never have. Don't you think for a moment, God bless you, that we'll ever love God for one moment because we never will, never will, never will in God's world, we never will down here. That's clear. And if you think there's something in us that can love each other, you're going to have a rude awakening. There is not anything in us that can love anybody the way we're supposed to. Now, that would leave us hopeless, wouldn't it? But it's not hopeless, and you know that. Now listen carefully. When the Bible says in Isaiah 44:20, He feedeth on ashes. How many times this past year have you fed on ashes? The results of death. And death is a result of sin. And ashes don't taste good. You know what the next line says? A deceived heart has turned his soul. This is the way it goes. A heart gets deceived and goes and feeds you ashes and turns your soul. Is that correct? So Satan's kingdom wants the people to feed on the flesh and feed on ashes. And then the next line says, he cannot deliver his own soul. 
Now, if I can't deliver my own soul, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be at you because you're not helping. And there are hundreds and hundreds and thousands of Christians who are living a life where they cannot deliver their own soul. Why? Feeding on ashes. What does it mean? Fellowshipping with people who themselves, in some area, have had their life, their mind deceived. The last part of Isaiah 44:20 says, Is there not a lie in my right hand? Instead of the finished work, there's a lie about it. People stand and sit in gospel churches and are taught truth and go out, and when a trial comes that's demonically inspired through sentimentality and mutual admiration of sentimental friendships, they start feeding on the ashes of somebody's Expression who's had their mind deceived in an area of Christianity. And do nothing about it, just feed a little bit until they get deceived. And then they try to get their own soul delivered, but can't. Because the issue is not love. And the kind of love we're going to talk about. Now notice this. I have blotted as a thick cloud thy transgressions. As a cloud turns unto me, so have thy sins turned unto me, for I have redeemed thee. If you ever want to find somebody's sins, you've got a big problem on your hands, because God took them back and blotted them out. So you go searching for Israel and Judah's iniquities in Jeremiah 50:20 and don't find them. And in Psalm 64, 6, you search out iniquities with diligence and can't find them, but instead of finding the... The iniquities, what you say about it, comes back on you suddenly as an arrow and begins to wound your emotions and you begin to feed on ashes. And then we can't deliver our own soul. And all we got out of the research was a situation where we can't be delivered because of what we've done in our experiential bankruptcy. Now, in Jeremiah 32, 39, the Lord said, I have given them one mind and one soul that they may trust me. And that I may do good unto them and to their children which are after them. You got that? For I have made with them an everlasting covenant and I will not stop from doing good to them. And how does he go about doing good for us and our children? given us one heart, one mind, one soul through the Word of God and through the New Covenant and through the Holy Spirit's power within us. How does he do that? He does it through his nature of love. Now, when the Word of God says in 1 John 4, 8 and 4, 16 that God is love, God is love, it means that God's nature is love. Love that is not sustained by the emotions, nor caused by the emotions. It's not sustained by a person, nor caused by any other person. It's not sustained by situations, and it's not stopped by situations. Sin doesn't change it, and sin doesn't stop it. Not a single thing can stop it, and if it's what it already is and always will be and always has been. Love. That's God's nature. 
It never increases no matter how bad you get, and it never increases no matter how good you've done. He is Lord God and he changes not in Malachi 3.6, and the immutability of God always is consistent as a revelation and illumination of his nature. And so here's the picture. Christians sit, we sit in our seats saying we know that, but over and over and over again, we do not make that the issue. Is love the entire issue of our lives? Love that is not sustained by the emotions, love that is not sustained or caused by people, love that isn't improved by success, and love that isn't hindered by failure. I deliberately want you to ponder on it. Love that doesn't change if you get fired toward the one that fired you. Love that doesn't even change when your partner fails. We're talking something beyond man tonight. We're talking about the nature of God and the nature of love. Now, think of it and ponder and meditate upon it. He looks down upon the earth and doesn't find a single person that does good in the whole universe. Did that change his nature? No. Ecclesiastes 7.20. He said, there's none righteous, no, not one. Did that change his nature toward the righteous, the unrighteous? No. He said, oh, everyone has gone astray. Everybody has turned their own way. Did that change his nature toward them? No. He said, when we were without strength, in due season, Christ died for us. He commended his love toward us while we were yet sinners. Did us being sinners do one single thing to change his nature toward us? No, because his nature is love. In personal love that, that is revealed personally to us through the cross and through Christ. But it's impersonal because not one single thing causes it or sustains it. But the nature and character of his own essence and person himself. Now you can understand why there's not a single thing in me that can ever love like that. There's not a single thing in you that can love like that. So the word of God says, what is it that we first loved God? No, but he first loved us. Now, when Revelation 13, 8 says the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. When was the lamb slain? After you sinned? No. When was the lamb slain in the heart of love? Before the fact on Calvary. Before you were ever born. So love makes a provision for you and I before we were born, not because we were going to sin, because that was God's nature to love, and he found a way to express it, knowing what we were going to do through his Son. So, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Well, if God chose me before the foundation of the world through his foreknowledge, knowing what I would do with my free volition toward Jesus Christ, 
and therefore he could predestinate me in Christ, if the Lord Jesus Christ knew this and said, okay, I have a plan for that life, they're going to receive Christ with their free volition and I have a plan for that life, so he sees us without blame before him in love, in Christ, before the world began in the plan. Now get the picture. God was in Christ reconciling, it doesn't say here the church, it says the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and is committed unto us the ministry of reconciliation, for we are ambassadors of Christ. We beseech you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he who knew no sin became sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Notice it. God was in Christ. What did he do? Well, he didn't impute their iniquities. Why? Because the Lamb was slain before they ever committed him to be applied all the time that they'd ever be alive. And before you were born, he was that kind of love. And as you get ready to die, he's that kind of love. And when you're successful, he's that kind of love. And when you fail, he's that kind of love. And when you sin, he's that kind of love. And when you don't sin, he's that kind of love. You can't change it. God is love. So I think what I ought to do is take my police badge and go around and make sure everybody's living right. Because I sure love God. And of course, my self-righteousness always makes you look bad. Because I'll see to that. She did that? I couldn't think of doing that, you dirty, rotten, filthy sinner. No offense. God is love. Now, think of it. The amazing thing about it is, despite that truth, it's never, never helped me to love one time. So I quit trying. But every single person knows that when we're saved and the Holy Spirit sheds the love of God abroad in our hearts, remember this, we love never one time outside of the Holy Spirit doing all the loving in us. So it's not that in that sense we are loving each other. It's we are instruments that are allowing the Holy Spirit to shed it abroad in our mind. And it's the real thing because it's the... Watch me now. It's the fruit! Not the works, but the fruit of the Spirit. You're getting it? The fruit of the Spirit is... Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and temperance. And against such what? There is no law. For they that are Christ have crucified the flag. So what does the Holy Spirit do? He says, come here. I want to borrow your humanity with my divinity. Now, even as I saved you outside of yourself, even as I accredited you perfection in me outside of you, even as you're absolutely complete outside of yourself. Now listen to me. You're going to reveal and express and manifest God's love outside of yourself. So Matthew 7:16 and 7:20 says, "By their fruit you will know them." What is the Holy Spirit producing? 
through that person. Love. Love because it's God that is not sustained by how the husband treats the wife or the wife treats the husband or the pastor treats the people or the people treat the pastor or the employer treats the employee or the employee treats the employer or the pastor treats the pastor or what happens in detail. It's not sustained by that. It's God. And that doesn't decrease it or increase it or provoke it. That's God. You understand that? Check it out in the churches across America and see if you think it's understood. And that fantastic love is first the Holy Spirit shedding it abroad for me toward myself and for you toward yourself. With that love that the Holy Spirit produces inside of us, you love yourself with a love that isn't increased or doesn't decrease, you love yourself. Perfect love when the Holy Spirit is shedding, taking over your faculties and utilizing your faculties, your five parts of your soul. Then you love yourself as God loves you because it's God's love loving you through you, through your faculties. And then, by faith, you serve everyone else of that love. Now, notice it's a definite article that appears before the word love. It's a particular kind of love inherent in God's own nature. And not one of us can possess any love ever in us outside of God's nature. A prayer, anybody that prays, give me more, help me to love more, it's more serious than we think. It's an impossible prayer. Help me to know what's mine outside of myself and by grace through faith to experience that by allowing God's nature to take over the soul by feeding on the lamb. Do you ever get condemned because you're not loving? Now notice this. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his own son to be a propitiation for what? Say it again. All right. Now, beloved, if God so loved us, if, right here, is a particle of a fulfilled condition, a present tense particle with a fulfilled condition. Now, notice it. This means the love is with us. So, therefore, we ought also to love one another. John fifteen twelve says, This is a commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. This is what it means. We have a fulfilled condition. And therefore, 1 John 4 and verse 17 says, Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness, meaning freedom of speech or to be parisia, in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this will. What does that mean? Well, it's a perfect tense. It means it has been made perfect or complete and totally fulfilled. Here is love that is complete, absolutely perfect. And now, when the Holy Spirit, totally outside of anything at all to do with our, anything to do, God 
borrows our faculties and takes over our faculties and, and motivates our faculties and energizes our faculties and manifests through our faculties. But our faculties, simply our faculties, we're individuals, we let him do it and we exercise faith in him and, we, and it happens. But when it happens, that love is complete. It's a perfect love. Nothing to do with me, everything to do with God, but I'm an instrument at that moment to reveal it and manifest it. It's a perfect love, and it, that's when not a single situation or person can increase my love or decrease it. When they can do that, I'm involved. And when they can do that, it's human love, and I'm just like the world, and I'm loving as the publicans love in Matthew 5.46. But not with God's love, and therefore I'm not spirit-filled, and I'm not producing the fruit of the spirit, which is God's love, because that's his nature to love. Thank you for tuning in. If you can, don't forget to send a tax-deductible gift to us. Your generous donation made to our program promotes this broadcast, and ones like it going out on the Internet and broadcast on local stations throughout the United States. So please prayerfully consider what you can give. Find out how to give your donation at www.graceandpublic.com The love of God is an amazing subject. What a, what a great message that we don't love of ourselves, that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. This is it's a mystery really. We read about it in the scriptures and if someone is not yet a believer, it's difficult to understand what that means. But to believe in Jesus Christ and suddenly experience the, the love that he has towards us, whether it's in worship time, whether it's as a result of reading the word of God or hearing the word preached or seeing circumstances in our lives and recognizing God's hand in them and knowing that he loves us. It is an amazing privilege, really. In 1 John 3:17, But whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? And really we're challenged by this God's love is so vast, it's so all-encompassing. He's so amazing in his love, and maybe people talk about unconditional love and throw that around, that we're to love unconditionally. Do we realize, if we look at that statement, how impossible that is? That we even see love as conditional, that I would love this one, but I would not love that one, shows how lacking we are and how impossible unconditional love is for the natural man. God's love is inclusive. And maybe we speak about unconditional love, but maybe it's better if we speak about inclusive love versus exclusive love. God's love includes. I know I pray regularly that the love and I have for people would... God would shed his love abroad in my heart, that I would love people like he loves people. I would love people 
as he loves people, he would love people through me. And that he would make me more and more inclusive towards people in my speech and my actions. That people would feel included in, in the life that God's given me. I would include others. It's a great little poem written by Edwin Markham, probably about a uh, hundred years ago. It's called Outwitted. He drew a circle that shut me out, heretic, rebel, a thing to flout. But love and I had the wit to win. We drew a circle that took him in. Short little verse there, actually brought to my attention by Pastor Anderson, a wonderful Bible college teacher and great friend and amazing man of God, who had all of these little gems from his collection. <laughs> that he pulled out and gave to us students. I'm so appreciative of his life of love. Love of God constrains us. Love in God constrains us. In Mark 12:30 it says, "Love the Lord thy God," and then it gives these impossible things. <laughs> with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Oh, all thy strength. How can we do it? But there is one. And really we look at these kinds of verses and we realize the law was fulfilled by one person. It isn't something that we strive to fulfill. It was fulfilled by one. This one man, Jesus Christ, fulfilled the law. Why? Because he dwelt in perfect love all the time. In 1 John 4, 8 and 4, 16, says he is love. God is love. In 16, in the B part, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Romans 5, 8, but God commended his love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In Jude, verse 20 and 21, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Yes, God's love is inclusive. He includes us. He loves us. He loves us with all of his heart, with all of his soul, with all of his mind, and all of his strength. He withholds no good thing from us. He's waiting to be gracious to us. That's his nature. That's his character. We'd love to hear from you, so please go to our website and contact us. The web address is www.graceinpublic.com. Would you like to know the love of God today in your life? Maybe you've never tasted that kind of love. That love like an ocean, that love that washes over you and cleans you, that love that bestows honor on your life, that endless love of God. 1 Corinthians 8.3 If any man love God, the same is known of him. That really means there that he is known by God. Someone who loves God is known by God. God knows their name. They're in relationship. It's actually the only way that a person could love God is through a relationship. 
and you can have a relationship with God, a fulfilling, amazing relationship where not only are you accepted, but God includes you in what he's doing and what he's thinking. Maybe you pray a prayer with me. Lord, I know you love me. I know it because your son died on a cross 2,000 years ago to pay for my sin. You loved me so much that he gave his all, all of his heart, all of his soul, all of his strength on the cross. Poured out and shed his blood on my behalf. And I receive that free gift of salvation right now in my life. And I pray, Lord, you would come in. And I now, from now on, I am yours. I pray you would come into my life and love me. Love me, God, and give me a capacity to love you and to love others. And I pray this prayer, asking it in Jesus' name. Amen.